Hello and welcome back to the Voltcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Yasmin Liverpool, Team GB and New Balance sponsored athlete. Having competed internationally in the individual 400 meter, the 400 meter relay, Yasmin already has a proven track record for such a young athlete. After struggling with injury throughout 2021, she talks to us about how she's keeping a positive mindset moving into the outdoor season and her goals to qualify for the Commonwealth Games. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. How are you doing, Yasmin? Yeah, good. Um, I'm probably more 400 than 200, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like you've done, yeah, 400, 200, and also you mixed up in relays too, like a bit of a jack of all trades in that regard. Would you say it's a 400 is what you what you'll be pursuing in the future that's your main event yeah 400 is definitely the main one i like 200s i kind of wish i was a 200 runner because i feel like i'd prefer the training <laughs> it's less <laughs> grueling but <laughs> yeah 400 yeah, definitely picked me i'd say yeah i noticed that uh recently you competed for england with um your training mate amy uh in the 200 yeah. meter relays yeah, how did yeah, that, that go? That was really fun because um, we did the changeover together. So she handed me the baton, and I don't think we've ever been in a relay together before. So, mm. and do you find that like more there's more pressure going in for a relay because you've got team members around you, or is it like more fun, a bit more freeing, especially when you've got those kind of relationships where you can you know, set someone off like speeding through? Is that better? Yeah, so I talked about this and a lot of like my fellow athletes, they say they feel like the relay stresses them out more, like it's more pressure because obviously it's not just you, like it's the whole team. But I feel the opposite. I think it's because it's more of a team event. So like when you race by yourself, you do your warm up alone and then you sit in the cool room, like pretty much by yourself. Like often you don't know the other athletes you're racing against and stuff. Whereas for relay, like you warm up together, do changeovers together, and then like you can all like joke around in the cool room together and stuff. So I find it's a more fun and relaxed atmosphere usually. And it doesn't feel like a 400. It feels almost like a game because there's loads of tactics and stuff. So yeah, I definitely prefer the relay actually. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And like, have you had to do any walkouts like with your relay teams? Like I've seen a lot in recent events. Oh, yeah. Going out, strike a little pose at the end. You practice those as <laughs> much as the changes, or is that? I feel uh... like so much goes into it. Like there was one. I think it was European indoors. I was a reserve, so I was literally like prepping and directing their intro. Like we did practice takes and everything. <laughs> like. <it> was... <laughs> yeah. So how did you first like? realized that 400 meter running was for you like when when did your journey start in athletics so i feel like for most people 400 chooses them rather than you choosing 400 just because like i thought it wouldn't be your first choice like the training is very grueling um i think probably four and 800 are like the most painful ones like out of the track events um so i think it started um so i got into running just because I did like school sports days in the summer, they'd always have athletics. And then I was quite quick. So one of my PE teachers like just recommended I try it. Um, and then I used to just do like league matches for my local club. So then I just do like all the events, um, only the sprints though, because I started quite late, like 17 or 16 or 17. So I wasn't really like technically very good. So I tried hurdles and it was just a mess. <laughs> they were like, yeah, let's just stick to the sprints. 
And then I think my first 400, I ran it in like 59 seconds maybe. And they were like, oh, that's quite decent for like your first one. So then they kept like putting me on the 400. And to start off with, I kind of hated it because I never trained for it. So like I just trained for short sprints and then run a 400. So it would just hurt so much because I thought I wasn't prepared. So that last 150, like I'd always dread it. Um, but then I started like specializing in it more and training for it more. And then I found that I really enjoyed it. Like obviously the training's very tough, but I think you get to this point where the training is harder than the race. So like when you get to race day, you're not like scared of the pain anymore, so to speak. So um, yeah, I think I started enjoying racing more um, when I moved to the UK. Like I think probably Bucks indoors was when I like really started enjoying competing. So were you competing in the Netherlands like beforehand at school or was that, so, and then you came into Bucks for uni and that's when that kind of started kicking off? Yeah, exactly. So um, when I was in the Netherlands, it was more of a hobby, I'd say. And then um, I came for uni and my first year, I don't think I took it that seriously. And then um, I did my first Bucks indoors. I did the 200 meters and I went out in the semi-final, I think. So I was like quite annoyed I didn't make the final. So I was like, oh, I think I might start training more now because I feel like I could have made that final. Um, so yeah, I kind of knuckled down, started training more. And then I think my kind of like first breakthrough was um, Bucks indoors that next year um, and then Bucks outdoors as well. Yeah, so were you training with, because obviously we went to the same uh, uni, were you training with Warwick Athletics for the first couple of years at uni or did you, because you moved to Coventry Godiva in the end, didn't you? So I think I trained with Warwick Athletics for like the first few weeks and then um, me and my friend Tom just went down to like Coventry Godiva because at Warwick we didn't really have a coach. I think we just had yeah. like Ronnie on Mondays. So we were looking for some more coaching and then I met my coach, Stu Marshall, um, and I think Tom found him on Power of 10 or something. And he was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, coach 400, like, can we just show up? Uh, and then it kind of went from there. And when you're kind of training, you mentioned that, you know, the training now at this stage is grimmer than the races, but that's a good thing. When you're training at Bucks, was that different? Like, I'd imagine less volume because you've got to concentrate on uni work or like, was it still just as hard? Maybe you were nursing a big weekend. Yeah, so I think I found the balance between uni and athletics quite tough, being honest. And I think I ended up more leaning towards the athletics side. So like I'd have friends who'd be like, oh, yeah, I can't come track because I've got like coursework or like exams. But I would pretty much always go to training, like even if I had um, like uni work, I just prioritize training. Um, there were times I missed lectures to go to training, uh, which <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend. But I think it just really became my passion. So um, definitely going into like like probably third year, it was like really a priority for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I noticed that you started um, hitting the gym quite often um, in the late, like later years of uni. Like, how much would you say that's improved your performance on the track? I think that's a massive thing, um, especially if you have like a smaller frame like me. I think power to weight ratio is always going to be your friend. Um, so I think before I used to gym a little bit, but I wasn't lifting particularly heavy. 
Um, and then when I started uni, I think second year, I was on like the scholarship program. So I started doing SNC and then that kind of taught me how to lift because I hadn't really done any lifting. And then I started lifting with my coach, like really heavy. Uh, and then I ran 52, I think that winter was like when I started lifting heavy and then that summer I ran 52. So it was like a two second drop off, uh, which was kind of crazy. So I think definitely like gym was a major factor in that. I was just a lot stronger. Mm. I imagine that, that strength also helps, not just for explosiveness, but like the latter end of, you know, last 100, they always say for 400 metres, it's like you don't coach it, right? It's kind of just grit and determination. But do you think yeah, that helps you too? Or is it kind of just like you've got to play as you go? Like, how do you get through that final stage? Um, so I think there's certain things like cues which help a lot. Um, so one of them is when I get to like 150 or 100 to go, uh, like once my friend shouted like this is where you're strong when I was at like 150 and it helped me so much like I actually heard it which is rare because often you don't hear like specific things and so ever since then I always try to think that in my head like when I get to the last meters I'm like okay come on Yaz this is where you're strong because um, yeah it's definitely hard pushing through that but I think it gets easier because yeah you have practice pushing through it in training and I think in training, like you don't have any of that adrenaline and like support that you do in the race. So I think especially when you've got like an audience or like your loved ones watching you, then it really helps to like push through that. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that quite a lot of your um your workouts that you do, you end up lying on the floor on the track. What is your <laughs> like what what's your worst or like your most hated workout that also makes you the most fittest? Probably I think there's two so I hate doing stuff that gets longer or gets faster as yeah. you go along so um we have this one session where we do split 600 so 200 200 200 off like a minute or less I think and each 200 you have to get faster and then um sometimes we do like up the clock ones as well so like there was this one session we did which is just like lactic stacking so it's like 50 100 150 200 like you just keep adding until like 350 i think um i can't remember what the recovery was maybe like a few minutes but i think stuff like that it's just mentally hard because you know it's going to keep getting harder whereas i feel like when you go down the clock you can at least be like okay the worst is over like we're dropping down now but yeah i think you definitely yeah. get really fit from sessions like that so it needs to be yeah. done <laughs> Good mental challenge too to be fair you see people dropping off then i'm sure that like you know oh if you're able to push through that i'm sure it gives you a bit more a bit more motivation yeah definitely i was wondering like there's so much going on in athletics especially this year with like the commies world champs what have you got in your crosshairs like what's the kind of dream outcome for you this year do you reckon yeah so i feel like there's a lot of opportunities this year so yeah, you've got Commonwealth. Um, the selection for that is Monday, so really soon. And then Worlds, um, you've got trials at the end of June. And then I think they'll pick Europeans a bit later because that's like towards the end of August. So my plan going into the season was to just try and like um, peak for all three. But as the season's progressed, I think I'll probably, I won't reach my peak until trials time. So, um, I've got one more race to try and make the Commonwealth. So we'll see what happens, fingers crossed. 
Um, but if not, um, I think I'll be in pretty good shape come trials. So that's kind of like the main aim for my season. Mm-hmm. So that would be like when you're getting into a stage where you're like peaking. So that's, I'd imagine, like a bit of a taper off just before the event slash like you built up for probably like five months or so, just kind of getting that, getting used to that pain, like getting used to that like level of stamina. Then you're just resting for a bit, a bit like before your big event. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think because I took so long to get back from the injury, I haven't had that much time to taper. So like the races I'm doing now, I've kind of not exactly trained through them, but I've trained a lot more than I usually would. Like if I really wanted like a perfect taper, I'd probably do like a 10 day taper. Um, But that's kind of on purpose because I didn't want to taper loads to try and make Commonwealth and then sacrifice training that I could have been doing um, to like get myself fit for world trials. So yeah, I think I'll definitely like make sure I'm tapered for um, like trials. Yeah, you mentioned you were injured. Was it your calf that uh, you injured? And like, how how has the recovery been going for that? It's been going well. Yeah, so it's been long. (laughs) Um, It didn't go particularly well to start off with. So um, I kind of have like a chronic tendinopathy um, in my like post-tib tendon, um, which has caused a lot of calf issues um, because the tendon, like a lot of strain goes onto it and then the calf muscle often compensates and then like tightens up or like in the worst case tears. Um, So last year it was quite a big problem. So I think the tendinopathy, I've had it for years, but I never really addressed it because it didn't stop me from running. So I think I was a bit old school about it. Like I'd get pain, but I'd kind of just ignore it and be like, oh, it's fine. Like I can still run. And then last year for the first time, it actually stopped me running. I think the first time was in January. I had like a small tear, but then I was kind of back after like a week or two. Um, And then a few times throughout the summer, it would just tighten up really bad and I could almost not walk properly. Um, But again, I wouldn't say I addressed it particularly well. Um, I kind of didn't have much choice because some of the time it was in the middle of season. So I was kind of just like getting treatment to try and get myself to the next race. So um, I think I ran my PB 51.7 in May and things were looking really good. And then... um, I think it was like a few weeks after that my calf went and it was I think a few weeks out from trials so I was quite nervous and I had a race planned uh, which was Geneva actually and I didn't train for two weeks straight going into the race because I just couldn't and I remember showing up to that race like really nervous just thinking okay I hope I get through this and then I ran my second fastest time ever so I was like really happy And then I got back into training a bit and then trials went really rubbish. And then I did under 23s and that went pretty rubbish as well. So I think I just slowly detrained because I kept taking time off to like rest my calf and then it kind of adds up, I think. Um, So, yeah, I think after that, I decided to end my season and I was like, okay, I really need to take this seriously and do rehab on it. Um, and it took like months and months and I'd say even now I still get pain and I'm not where I'd like to be but I think it will be a long-term process of like strengthening things up and I might even look into like orthotics or something to just support it a bit more 
Mm, yeah. yeah, I can imagine like, the temptation is whenever you're, especially when you've got stuff like in the calendar, you really just want to go for the time. So I guess it's so easy to aggravate it. But now I guess it's given you a good perspective on to, yeah, like how to kind of look after yourself. So it's been a good, a good thing in a sense. Yeah, I think it's a learning curve. But after a while, you realize like if you want to perform at the top level, you have to be 100%. Like if you're yeah. 80%, like a lot of the time, slowly, like it will reflect in your performances. So yeah, rehab was a massive priority going into this season, which um, it was at the cost of training. So like uh, I basically missed all of winter training, being honest. Um, I started doing speed work like in January, I'd say. And then I've been slowly building up to like longer sessions. So it's a bit of a late start <laughs> this year. Yeah. So did you miss indoor season this year completely? Yeah. Or did you race at all? Yeah, um, I didn't race at all. Um, I was kind of like just getting back into training, I think, in November. And I was slowly yeah. building things up. Um, but actually, indoors was never in the plans just because it was such a big summer. We just wanted to train through. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it actually worked out quite well for you in the end then. But you've yeah, like, so. um, I'm hoping like that late start will hopefully mean that I peak at the right time. Because I think yeah. last year I probably peaked too early in hindsight. I was like running 51s in May and then, yeah, slowly like detraining. So, yeah. And um, so tomorrow you're heading out to Geneva um, for some outdoor racing. Uh, is that the just the 400 solo that you're doing this week? Yeah, just the 400. And uh, what's, what's your goals heading into that? Is that for the Commonwealth um, qualification time? Um, so I don't think I'll run the qualification um, yeah. on Saturday just because um, so I raced for the first time yesterday. I opened my season. So that was my first 411 months. I think it's probably the longest I've oh, gone wow. without racing. Um, so I ran 53.9, which is not where I'd want to be at this time of the season. But I think it's kind of a reflection of the buildup I've had. So um, I did a short to long program. So I started with speed like in the winter and then I've slowly been building up. So I think I still need to do some more like long reps, more lactic sessions, basically the stuff that hurts. Because yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, my last hundred, I tied up quite a bit. So I can see like that's where the work needs to be done. Um, so I think I'll be able to get into the shape I want by trials. But I think by... Um, yeah this Saturday it's quite soon <laughs> so yeah. um, I'll do the best I can hopefully an improvement off my time yesterday um, but yeah I think probably I'll be peaking for um, world trials rather than like commonwealth selection yeah for sure yeah. Um, do you have like any 400 meter runners that you'd love to compete against or maybe have competed against like do you have any heroes in that particular field yeah quite a few actually um, so in terms of like yeah, some of the greatest of all time. Um, definitely Alison Felix. Like, I would love to run against her. Um, I really like Shawnee Miller-Webo. I just feel like she's a goddess. Like, <laughs> definitely obsessed with her. If I ever raced against her, that would be super cool. Um, and then I'm quite a big fan of, like, the Polish relay team, like, the women's team. So um, runners like um, Ursa Tich, like, Houston Ursa Tich. Um, I got to compete against her last year, which was super cool because I think she's one of the best relay runners probably in Europe. Um, and some of the younger ones coming up as well in Poland, like Natalia Kaczmarek and stuff. Like, I think 
yeah, it would be cool to compete against the Polish women's team again this year. Mm, definitely. Yeah, and you're heading out to Oslo, for, is it for the mixed relay? Um, uh, the women's relay. Yeah, the, uh, the women's relay. Okay, cool. And um, are you definitely on the team for that or is that uh, like a, a reserve or how, how does that work? So I think they're taking five. Usually okay. like they select the team on the day. Um, All right. But yeah, I'm hoping to, I think um, I'm hoping to be in the team, but yeah. things can always change at the last minute and stuff. So you never know. <laughs> mm, yeah. chess, I know it probably depends on team to team, right? But I'm assuming with your relay stacks, you're putting the quickest people anchor or like, you know, what tends to be the go-to when you're like picking a four by four team? Yeah, so um, I know that when you do the mixed relay, you always put the men on first and last mm. leg because apparently they're like a tiny bit longer. So I can imagine like that same logic would apply in a women's team. Like you'd want your strong runners on first and last leg probably. Yeah, because I saw you were on second leg for one of the mixed relays, I think like two years ago, uh, when you guys got, when you guys actually won that and you got like a nice little kind of like lead as you're going in and then kept that like kind of pulled away on the finish. So yeah, I guess that's nice to have. Yeah, I think like um, there was one time I did mixed relay and I was on the same leg as a male athlete and it's such a crazy experience because the difference between men and women like at least in the sport i do is massive so like you can feel like they're not a threat but then actually like they're gaining on you massively uh, so it's quite an interesting event but i think nowadays they're kind of matching it up more so often you'll have like women and men like on the same legs rather than like mixing up <laughs> yeah um also uh one thing i was going to ask you is are you working outside of um running or are you just like running at the moment or you yeah so both? i work full time uh so wow. i feel like i have two jobs at once like full-time athlete yeah. full-time <laughs> employee um so yeah i work for national highways um i'm like a data scientist for them at the moment um so i started that in september the year before that i was i guess a full-time athlete but not on purpose like i was just looking for work that year yeah um so yeah, it's pretty intense. I usually work from like nine to five and then I train at six most days. So how are you how are you balancing like your work life? Obviously you're training at like six o'clock onwards, but um do you how do you also get your gym in as well? Or do you just like take days as they come? Yeah, so um I feel like it's not as hard as you might think. So yeah. um, I trained in the evening anyway before, so I was used to it, which helps a lot. Um, and my training group, I would say we're not an elite group. Like um, my coach works full time, for example. Um, and we have a lot of athletes who are like at uni or working. So um, yeah, we're kind of used to that routine of like working and then going down in the evening. Probably the hardest day is when I have like double sessions during the week so on a Thursday I usually have track and then gym so it ends up being quite a late one um yeah but we try as much as possible to like put double sessions on a Sunday so that like we're more rested yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah pretty packed out for you I can imagine not much free time until yeah until yeah, weekends exactly. races, but yeah like 
obviously there are sacrifices so I don't see my friends anywhere near as much as I'd like to especially because a lot of my friends live in London so they're always like oh come to London come to London I'm like oh yes sorry I've got like training every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's tough sometimes but um, my good friends like completely understand um that it's just busy and I see them when I can so gotcha yeah well just thank you for chatting to us it's been like really great and well like, we look forward to watching you on the tv in the diamond league hopefully soon and then yeah i think it's well and yeah yeah i hope it goes well and yeah best of luck and um best of luck for thanks so much sure you <laughs> smash it